they're like, oh, but nuclear waste lasts for so long. I'm like, but other industries, it lasts forever. Like, people don't think about that. Nuclear waste gets better over time, you know? It gets less hazard over time. But I, people don't seem to think about that. But if, if other industries were all required to uh, take into account for all of their waste that they generated, we wouldn't have climate change. It wouldn't be a thing. The Rational View is a weekly series hosted by me, Dr. Alan Scott, providing a rational, evidence-based perspective addressing important societal issues. Welcome to The Rational View. I'm your host, Dr. Al Scott. In this episode, part two of my interview with the rad guy, DJ LeClear. In part one, I talked to DJ about the impacts of radiation, its sources, and its health risks. In this episode, I'm going to talk more about nuclear energy and nuclear power and how society views the risks of radiation. DJ has been in nuclear power and radiation health physics since his enlistment in the Naval Nuclear Program, where he did radiochemistry and radiation protection aboard the USS Harry S. Truman. Currently, he works in health emergency preparedness as a technical expert for radiation hazards. He has a Bachelor of Science in Nuclear Engineering Technology, and he is enrolled in the Health Physics Master's Program at Illinois Institute of Technology. In his spare time, he practices science communication by running the Facebook page, The Pragmatic Environmentalist, and his new YouTube channel, The Rad Guy. Now, back to the interview. Over the years, how many people would you say have been killed from radiation sickness due to nuclear accidents? And, and, and also from, from cancer as well. So the only one when it comes to uh, like nuclear power plants that resulted in people dying from radiation is Chernobyl. I know that that actually uh, some people think Fukushima there, that there, there was one, but that, that honestly, that was just a legal thing that uh, if you know a lot about radiation, you know, like, no, that guy, it was very, very unlikely that that guy died from uh, radiation, but uh, Chernobyl, basically, that's your that's your one that you look at for people who have actually died um, from radiation due to nuclear power plants, um, nuclear power plant accidents, and the it was twenty eight people died from radiation sickness. There's two two or three people that died in the blast, so about twenty eight people from from ra- acute radiation sickness, and when it comes to your cancer from afterwards, they have followed this this cohort, this large group of people for the past a lot of years. <laughs> and uh, they, they, they noticed an increase in your thyroid cancer um, from people who were mostly children at the time of the incident. And the increase uh, resulted in uh, the, the the median result that they got from that was about 15 people that died from cancer due or caused by uh, the Chernobyl incident. And and then you could do a plus or minus um, an amount. It could be down to, I think the number I saw was seven and then up to, I can't remember the exact number, but it was less than 100, much significantly less than 100. Uh, but the, the median number was 15. So you'll hear a lot of people, they'll say 15, but 
really it's a it's kind of a, a range. I see. So basically, so far with the evidence that we have um, that we've been able to observe from epidemiological studies uh, due to Chernobyl is less than 100 so far. So well, around 100. How, how certain are we that this isn't some great big Russian cover-up? Uh, a lot of people yeah. will say, oh, no, it's been much worse, and this is just, uh, you know, Soviet propaganda. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I get a, I get a little, I, I shouldn't get peeved, but I do get a little bit, a little peeved when I hear that. It's a little bit of a misunderstanding. It, it is not Russia that did all of this that came up with these numbers. This is uh, the United Nations Scientific Committee uh, on the Effects of Atomic Radiation. It's a large group of different organizations, and it is an international effort to basically follow these people and do the epidemiological studies. Uh, Certainly, Russia is involved uh, in helping out here in Ukraine, Belarus, but uh, this is an international effort. It would have to be a extreme cover up like like people who would say that climate change isn't real like that would be a huge cover up right so there there's there's too many people involved here uh for this to be a a cover up really it it's not just the russian government said this is how many people died that's that's not how it is okay so these people had access to the site and and were able to make measurements and Yes. And you're telling me that there's no way that this could have been faked, basically. And this, the data that they have is is good data. You can believe. Yes, it. I, I would. It would be quite unlikely. It, the 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 organizations who do this are the organizations we go to. All health physicists pretty much go to when when they're trying to look up health effects. Um, it, the United Nations Scientific Committee on the Effects of Atomic Radiation, UNSCEAR, was, <laughs> is, is uh, the acronym that we use for that. But basically, they're, they're like the place we go to for consensus on health effects of radiation. Um, it, it would be extremely unlikely that there's a cover-up there. So, so what you're telling me is that over the history of nuclear power... On the order of a hundred people or less, have died from nuclear radiation accidents. Yes. Yes, and I—it's unbelievable. Or I think a lot of people are flabbergasted when they hear that. They're like, really like what? <laughs> it's definitely not the perception of a lot of people. I think. I think mm-hmm. the the perception mm-hmm. of of risk and damage is much different. I mean, putting this into perspective, that that's it's nothing, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's negligible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. I mean, how big was the town of Chernobyl? It was like what sixteen thousand people or something like that when it was evacuated. That, that does sound about right. So, so you know, yeah. less than a hundred deaths, sixteen thousand people evacuated. I mean, it, it doesn't even compare to, you know, the sort of evacuations that were done for hydroelectric dams, for example, which we, which most people mm-hmm. don't blink an eye out. You know, the, the Three Gorges Dam in China had 1.2 million people were displaced. And, you know, yep. 100 people died building the dam. And it only makes five times more power than Chernobyl. 
Yep. Yes. And what's what's the name of the the Chinese dam where it when it broke? Yeah, it was uh, one to two hundred thousand people died. Like, boom, gone. Like nobody no one talks about that. No one makes a, a series, a mini series on that because it's yeah. not. People don't see it as like super scary. It's just water, you know, making making energy, but. And this is the heart of the problem for 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 people that are that are pro nuclear. I mean, society is building new gas plants every day with the knowledge that the air pollution they generate will kill three hundred times more people per kilowatt hour mm-hmm. than nuclear. Mm-hmm. And we don't require gas plants to encapsulate their waste and bury it underground. We don't require them to have insurance in case of a uh, a gas spill like Bhopal, for example, which killed how many thousand people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Set aside money for decommissioning or cleanup of of these coal burning plants. I mean, nuclear seems to be the boy scout of energy. So the real question in my mind is why is the safest large scale energy source regarded as the most dangerous by the public? That is a question that we've been trying to answer. Uh, I think there's 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 a lot of a lot of theories out there, but I mean, it's easy to make it sound scary you're talking about for one thing this this thing that for uh thousands and thousands of years we've we didn't even know was there uh you can't see touch taste uh radiation and so it's it's really easy to be scared of something like that uh that we don't have any natural uh way to uh to recognize it i mean there's a reason why we don't have a natural a uh, way of recognizing it because it's not a threat um, in in normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's really easy to 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 make it sound uh, scary, especially when you start uh, talking about uh, nuclear weapons. That's that's probably a big contributor uh, to it because they're just like you're able to uh, take such little amounts of material and turn it into such a big destructive force. It, that right there is probably a, a major contributor to uh, the reason why uh, people are so scared of radiation, I would say. And people are afraid of the risk of, of countries gaining nuclear weapons if they have nuclear power plants. Is that is that a reasonable risk? Something things that people should be afraid of? No. Proliferation? So they've done they've done studies on this, and the it actually results in the opposite of proliferation if that makes any sense when you're using it for uh peaceful purposes um in the studies that they've they've found when it comes to the the correlation and light water uh reactors which is the your big main reactors that are out there like 99% of them out there are your light water reactors they don't produce uh, weapons usable material or at least it's not it makes no sense to try to use those plants to make material because that's that that's a lot of people's concerns right is that you're going to use these nuclear power plants and you're going to make some some weapons material and then you're going to make a weapon that is just it's such a not feasible way to do things uh, it makes way more sense to try doing it in the enrichment 
phase uh, by just continuing to enrich or making a very specialized reactor that's specifically made to, to produce plutonium for weapons. And those type of reactors are not your light water reactors and they're not uh, ideal at all to, uh, to make electricity with. The ones to make electricity, they ideally they use up all this material that's the, the, the fizzle material, right? Rather than producing more fizzle material. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are concerned about the fact that nuclear power plants produce plutonium. But that is true. Uh, they do pl- produce plutonium. And when you're talking about plants that are specifically designed for plutonium production for weapons, they put the, the fuel in and they take the fuel out pretty quickly because you only want it to get a quick irradiation and you take it out. There's there's several flavors of plutonium I should I should mention. Plutonium 239 is your weapons grade plutonium. Uh, and then plutonium 240 is a contaminant that you don't want for weapons material. And if you keep your fuel in the power plant for a really long time, uh, like you would for a power or for a for a power plant rather than a, a weapons plant, uh, you start building up plutonium 240, um, and you get to the point where you have so much plutonium 240 in it, it makes it to where it's not it's not technically impossible to try turning that into weapons, but it's really not feasible uh, unless you have <laughs> your like a major major superpower and you have a lot of technology. And you just wouldn't do it because you already have a lot of technology. You just go the, the easy route, right? <laughs> mm. Just go build a bunch of enrichment facilities or something. So it's really not, it makes no sense really to try using nuclear power to get weapons. If you want weapons, the, the cat's already out of the bag and you, you would go, the, the route you would go is down the Go mine, go mine uranium, do your enrichment, and just keep enriching it until it's really it's weapons grade. But going the power route, it's not going to lead you to weapons. And which reminds me in those studies, when you, typically people don't go nuclear power and then they have weapons. They usually go, or the ones that, that do have weapons, they usually go weapons first. And then they're like, hey, we have this ability let's go ahead and make power i see so so weapons are an entry drug to power not the other way around exactly exactly (laughs) yep so okay so we've we've talked about proliferation risk we've talked about chernobyl which is the biggest one (laughs) we haven't we might as well hit fukushima as well since that's on everyone's mind as (laughs) soon as as you mention nuclear power everyone's gonna say but what about fukushima they're, they're, they're still leaking radiation. They're going to release all this radioactive water into the ocean, and, and we're all going to be glowing. There's so much to unpack there. Just like there was so much, there's so much to unpack about Chernobyl. Fukushima actually was my, uh, my capstone course in, in my um, undergrad. Basically, the entire course was about Fukushima. I wrote 30 or 40 pages on Fukushima, and that still barely scratched the surface. <laughs> On when it when it comes to, to Fukushima and things we've learned and uh, what we know, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess some of the main things when it comes to Fukushima is like talking about the harm 
when it comes to radiation to the population and to the environment. And I, I already alluded to it. Nobody died from radiation itself. The And then to the environment, looking at the UNSCEAR reports, again, the United Nations re- reports, they find it very unlikely that we will ever find any noticeable effects to the environment, basically, um, to the oceans or to the surrounding area uh, around the facility. So health risks we know from radiation, there were none. Um, and that was a triple meltdown of... It was a lot of a lot of thermal power there that melted down and we still had no uh, we still have no health effects from radiation. And that that should be like a huge wake up call to people like, wait, like, wow, it's it's no health effects. Really? Like a triple meltdown didn't kill anybody or harm anybody or we could you could do epidemiological studies on these people and you would never see an increase in cancer in them because it's it's just negligible. That right there, I think, I, I don't, I guess I don't really hang out with people too much that don't know that, but um, I don't think a lot of people know that, that, that there, there were no health effects from that. There were like several people that were killed during the evacuation or died because of the evacuation. That's what I wanted to get to next. And that's a big thing actually for me in my field when it comes to emergency preparedness for nuclear power plants that it it makes me it makes me a little upset because again it's that fear factor around radiation and the the fact that they were so scared of it you had hospitals basically um, unplugging people um, and trying to transport people and people dying because of that. You, you don't just all of a sudden uproot a bunch of people from a hospital, right? So a lot of people died because of that and, and people in nursing homes. Um, it's, it, it can be very harmful if you do a hurried evacuation because you're scared. And that's really, I, I'm glad we're getting to this because I wanted to get this or to this. The fear from radiation has killed significantly more people than radiation itself and it's kind of our fault when it comes to the nuclear industry and us in the radiation field uh, we we've we've not done a good job at communicating this and i i actually want to be part of that solving that issue is is if figuring out how to communicate radiation risks and nuclear risks to the public uh, because not only in nuclear power, but even in the medical field, fear of radiation is harmful. Mm-hmm. Like if you say, I don't want that CT scan after I just had a big fall. And then you you come to, you you turn out dying because they didn't see that internal bleeding or whatever uh, that they could have if they would have done a, a CT scan. Or you have a a doctor who decided because us in the radiation field have have encouraged them to reduce their doses have decided not to do a ct scan when they probably should have done a ct scan the the fear is very harmful so that's a big takeaway that i got from fukushima i know i'm kind of i'm i'm taking it away from fukushima bring it right back here but that's that's a big takeaway we got i mean i've talked to lots of people federal regulators uh other people throughout my field 
And that's a big thing we learned about it was that, oh, a, a nuclear power accident, um, it's, it's, it was just the, the release was not really that major when it comes to health consequences. Yeah, I mean, why did they, why did they evacuate? What was it a rational decision at the time? Were they uncertain about the plant exploding, or you know, what 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 should they have done? So, I've actually done a lot of the. Uh, I do plume modeling as part of my job, where I can model. Uh, radioactive plumes uh, coming out of plants, basically, uh, nuclear power plants. And in my own models I've been able to do, evacuation uh, could have definitely been warranted. I I would say it was warranted from the the models that I've done and models models that I've seen out there. Uh, When it comes to that immediate, like, hey, let's go ahead and, and move people in a calm, collective way, you don't move your populations that are vulnerable you don't move your vulnerable populations at least you don't move them in a very hurried way you should but that happened they should mm-hmm. not have it's actually something i mean we train for here in the united states but a short-term evacuation was definitely um, i would say was called for and it could have been done in a lot safer way um, than what was done when it comes to your long-term evacuations, I guess I should I should mention to your viewers I my my, my opinions do not represent <laughs> uh, my employers, uh, but for the long-term radiate relocation, uh, I would say was not warranted, and and that actually is supported by evidence and science that people's being relocated permanently for their homes from their homes for several years uh we're we're going on 10 years now um they're 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 about to start they're they're starting to move people back significantly but that has turned out to be much more harmful than the radiation itself um when you move people from their homes that that shortens lifespans so they should have they should have kept people uh or brought people back a lot quicker in in my opinion to their homes Indeed, I mean the the measured levels from what I know, from what I've read are below background in in other places. In a lot of places, they have this 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 difficult to return zone is what they call it. That uh, they are it is higher. The doses that I've seen that that you would get from living in that area are several times background trying to remember the exact numbers in one year you would get maybe over five times background um, but when it comes to health risks uh, you, you you would not be able to measure it like like I've mentioned before those lower doses um, even with the population living there you would not see the health risks from it you could move people back there today so that's not really a rational decision <laughs> I, I I would say it's not. I just said if you move people back there today, well, you can't move people back there today. There's not any homes for them to move to. It's been overrun by uh, nature at the moment. So nature's nature doesn't care. They're it's there. There's they're like, well, it's not harmful to us. We're we're enjoying our time here. Like 
there's been some articles out there on that nature's it's moved in (laughs) it's not bothered by the radiation not at all so i guess the one uh big thing that we haven't talked about yet is is the nuclear waste everyone says that you know it's it's amoral to do nuclear power because it creates this waste and this is a a long-term problem for generations for hundreds of thousands of years people will be killed by nuclear waste tell me is that a myth is that the truth so the one big thing that i like to mention uh when it comes to the the this the so-called waste it's it's in my opinion it's not waste it's uh used nuclear fuel slightly used nuclear fuel is the nuclear industry, the nuclear power industry, is required to capture all of its waste. And it's the only industry that, that does that. Uh, every, every other industry, their waste that lasts for forever, <laughs> it, or, or at least a long time when it comes to like CO2 and whatnot, it's just put out in the atmosphere. It's, it's, it's coal, it's just, you know, particulate pollution they just let it all out there and that stuff lasts for a really really long time a lot of it forever uh and other ones for thousands and thousands of years and but you hear people they're like oh but nuclear waste lasts for so long i'm like but other industries it lasts forever like people don't think about that nuclear waste gets better over time you know it gets less hazard over time but i people don't seem to think about that but if if other industries were all required to uh, take into account for all of their waste that they generated, we wouldn't have climate change. It wouldn't be a thing. And that right there, I, I, I think is just a major thing that we that us in the in the nuclear industry or need to really uh, tell people is like we wouldn't have climate change if, if, if other industries were as responsible as us. One one thing I look at is that, you know, because nuclear is required to, to pay for its waste storage and its decommissioning, it's really the only moral source of energy out there because no mm-hmm. other power source is required to take care of its waste. No other power yep. source pays for it up front. And people complain yep. that nuclear is a little bit more expensive than than coal or gas. But... yeah. Coal and gas are really much more expensive if you take account of the impacts of their waste. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. So like nuclear, it's like yeah, it's really a more you're like you said a moral a power source where it's like it's like the perfect package right there. Like you've already up front made it pay for everything. It's decommissioning, it's waste storage like like <laughs> you set those things right up front, right from the very beginning, 60 years ago, you know? So, but I don't think people see that. They don't, they don't make that connection. Um, I've seen people, usually when you mention that they'll, they'll sidestep and go to some other argument really. But a lot of people, they just want to dislike it. It doesn't matter if you try, if you are able to tear down their argument, but. So, so this, this leads us to the, the interesting part of it. What, have we done wrong in communicating the risks? Obviously, repeating the evidence isn't working. I mean, the evidence is out there, and people can find it if they want to, and people are smart enough to yeah. do that. What What have we done wrong, and what can we do better? Well, 
I think a big thing is that we, uh, even in the nuclear industry, we do treat it as something special. I mean, the nuclear industry has a lot of their jobs because, because of the fact that we uh, treat it as something special and that we, we put dosimetry on people unnecessarily, even though they're not going to, they get maybe 10, 10 millirem a year, which you get 300 millirem just from natural sources. Like the fact that we are so careful about everything. Uh, I mean, it's, it sounds really cool. Like, oh yeah, we're like, we're so careful about everything, but it, it really, it's a double edged sword where it makes it seem like something scarier. Yes. Like an, another example is just the security around a nuclear power plant. Nuclear power plants in the United States, they're the most secure locations anywhere in the world, really. Like it, you might have an easier time getting on the White House lawn than getting into a nuclear power plant. Hmm. There they have so many like this I mean this is another thing that adds to the cost because we put so many security people there and we make it a fortress and they they have like M16s and they got snipers it is it is unbelievably high security and that right there like again cool like they they really care but now you've made it seem even scarier because you you've given the impression that it's necessary and everything yes. we do when it comes to trying to make it safer actually it's that double-edged sword of like oh like it's dangerous so the, it go like with these new generation of, of nuclear power plants like I'm, I'm i geek out on them i love them but we keep talking about trying to make them safer and i i hate that word we're basically trying to paint this it, it paints this picture even more for the the public that oh our current ones were dangerous no they weren't they weren't they're not at all um so in trying to improve it when it comes to safety and, and security and all these things we've really done harm to the nuclear industry in doing that and it's the nuclear industry that's doing it <laughs> i i would say they are probably more responsible for a lot of this cost and everything than the anti-nuclear people really interesting yeah so so they should stop talking about safety and start talking about the benefits yeah yeah to start talking about all the benefits like definitely start talking about the benefits a lot more than you're than trying to explain your safety like i i just watched a presentation about uh, chicago they're they're going to get a micro reactor they're uh uh, university, they're they're trying to get a micro reactor in to supply like 13% of their power with one small micro reactor, and uh, like a huge portion of their their talk was about the safety and how oh this is different, it's way safer. It's like you are doing so much harm, um, in in in, in, <laughs> yeah, but, in, in I mean, talking like that. If if other radiation risks were treated the same way as nuclear power, you would have. You know, everyone who gets on a plane would have to wear a lead vest. <laughs> right? I, mean, yeah, I go to the dentist and get these little dental x-rays and they put lead and everyone gets lead on and they, yeah. they're like, <laughs> done. Yeah. Everyone wears a TLD. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, people get on airplanes and they have this dose that probably exceeds anything you get at a nuclear power plant. Yeah. No one's wearing yeah. dosimeters on planes. 
except you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I didn't bring my, my permanent record dosimeter with me because then, then I would be <laughs> recording something that I, uh, a dose that didn't come from my normal job. But. The wrong, we've, we've been sending the wrong messages. I mean, people aren't worried about, you know, nuclear isotopes in, in hospitals. Mm-hmm. People just aren't worried about them because it's you know it's for health, mm-hmm. but it's the same stuff. Yep, and the nuclear power plants, those are for health. They really are. Getting that clean air and getting that energy, like it, it should be viewed as that. It is for it's a good for, message for the health. Yep, for the health of, of the people surrounding and for the health of the planet. Really, it's it's the same stuff. Yeah, it's a good message. Nuclear power plants are for our health. The only moral energy. Well, I think we're getting close to the end of our time slot here. Is there anything else that you, you'd like to tell our listeners before we, we sign out? Well, there's so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually starting a new YouTube channel. Uh, it's called The Rad Guy. So, so now that I've, I've mentioned it on a podcast, I, I, I'm going to have a lot more obligation to, <laughs> to really get that up and going. I, I really want to get started getting all this information like we talked in here um, out to the public. Well, thank you, DJ Leclerc, for providing your insights on this controversial topic. I think it's extremely important in these challenging times that society take a rational view of its energy sources. Thank you. Thank you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please consider visiting my patron page and becoming a patron of this podcast at patron.podbean.com slash the rational view.